Uh, tonight is the third night of our prayer series. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to, to finish this series. Uh, let me tell you about an experience that I had growing up. Uh, it was a fond one. It was with a game called Madden. Anyone? Anyone ever? It's just a little game. It's not very popular. No. Um, I was borderline addicted to this game. Um, <laughs> and and it, was, it was funny because I'd play with my friends uh, like every day. Like we'd get, out, we'd get done with school. Uh, we'd get done with football practice, and then we would go play virtual football. Um, so it, we, were, we were just getting really good at football. Um, but, but there's an interesting like, thing when, when you hang around people who play video games when you can play against the computer or you can play against real people, right? If, if you play the computer all day and you get really good at beating the computer, like people aren't that impressed with that, right? It's like, oh, that's great, you, you beat a machine that's designed to lose to you. Um, <laughs> you know, and so, so it's, it's, people will say, hey man, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at this game, I beat the computer all the time, uh, you want to play? And I'm like, well, sure, I, we can play. And then, like, I would just smoke him. It wouldn't even be close. I told the kid once I'd beat him 80 to 0, and then I did. That's enough of my bragging. Okay, now I'm done. Um, so uh, it's, it's interesting because, like, you, you don't get any better just playing the computer over and over again. I mean, you, you get better at playing the computer, but not playing real people. Um, and, I mean... That's, it's not very relevant to prayer, um, video games, but, but it's kind of like, I, it, this is going to be an interesting uh, comparison, but when we pray by ourselves, we, God enjoys that, that's pleasing to God, and that's good, but when we pray together, it's so much better, right? There's, there's something that happens there. It's God's people uniting for a, a common uh, force, that we're, we're, un, we're unified in praying for something. Um, now, this whole talk about praying together always kind of makes people a little uncomfortable. Who was here last week? Probably, probably quite a few of you. Okay, when we got and we, we broke up and we prayed, um, was that, I mean, some of you were probably really comfortable with that, but was anybody just weirded out by that at all? You're probably not going to raise your hand right now. That was a silly question. Um, so... <laughs> So I'm just going to visualize some hands going up. No, um, so it was probably weird for some of you. Some of you, you were a little more comfortable with it. Uh, let me be uh, vulnerable for a minute with you about uh, me when it comes to praying with groups. Uh, I've, I've gotten more comfortable with it, but even when I was in college, it was still a little weird. Um, uh, there, there was a conference called the Passion Conference. It's mainly for college students, young adults. Um, do we have that slide? Can we go two, two more? Anyone in the booth? All right, there we go. Um, so it's this really big conference for college students, and like thousands, tens, 20,000 students go to this. And I get there, I've never been before, and I'm super excited. Uh, some, some great speakers, great musicians are gonna be there. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, going to hear some great sermons. And the very first thing they do when we get in there is they go, all right, 
let's get in small groups and pray. And, and like you're next to people you've never met before in your life. There's like 20,000 people. Not that anyone can hear you when 20,000 people are talking, but, but it, it, it made me feel really uncomfortable. I was, I was like, uh, I came here to sit here and, and listen. I didn't come here to pray with people, um, <laughs> which, which sounds really weird when you're at a Christian conference. Um, but I was just really uncomfortable. Uh, but, but I was like, okay, well, I'll do it, and I'll get through it. And some of you probably felt that way when we prayed together. Um, but, but I tell you, it was a really great experience to, to, to say, you know, this is, this is uh, what, what we're here to do this week is to grow closer with God. And how are we going to do that? We're going to start off by, by talking with God together. And we're going to pray for specific things. We prayed for uh, the, the city that we were in. We prayed for our college campuses. We, we did a bunch of different things that we prayed for, all working together. And it was really great. And what I want us to see tonight is that when we pray together, God does great things. Okay, so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. All right? So if you have your Bible, it should be on you version, uh, or if you have your own Bible. So a little context here. Um, Jesus is speaking about, uh, in, this, in this, 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 the paragraph that this is at the end of, Jesus is talking about if there's an issue amongst believers, right? If, there, if someone has sinned against you, okay? So if your neighbor, well, not your neighbor, let's say your, your good friend, okay, that you, that you came to church with tonight, went to some of your other friends and made some story up about you that made you look like a really bad person. Or, or let's do something different. Maybe that person um, said something to your face that, that you didn't like. It was really offensive. Okay? They've sinned against you. Now, Jesus is telling them, okay, if this happens, you're going to go to the person, you're going to confront them. You say, hey, listen, I, I didn't like that this happened. Uh, we need to, to figure out how to reconcile this. We need to get past this. What are we going to do? Okay? And Jesus says, that might not work. And if it doesn't, you need to take some people with you next time so they can see what's going on. They can see that this person might not want to be cooperating. Or maybe they can understand why you're not seeing the same thing, like you're not on the same page in this disagreement. And if that doesn't work, then, then maybe they just... You just don't need to associate with them. Maybe you need to kind of move them out of the group because they're not willing to, to cooperate with other believers. Now, that's, that's the context of this. And then Jesus says, he says these things right here. Matthew 18, verse 19, 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So, Jesus is saying, listen, you're, you're going to have issues. You're going to have conflict. Right? And, and that's not really the, the theme of what we're talking about this series. It's not conflict, conflict resolution. 
That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about prayer. The answer he gives is, you need to pray together about this. Bring this before me. Bring this before my Father together, not just individually. And there's three things I want us to see that Jesus says here. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, anything they ask, it will be done. So, so he's saying, okay, first of all, there has to be an agreement. There has to be people who are coming together, praying for a common cause, right? If, if these people are in agreement, that's a good thing. Pray together about it, okay? And then he says, my father, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. Anything that you ask in, in agreement with one another, you pray together with other people, with other believers, it says that, that the Father will give to them. Now, I don't want to get too far into, you know, you can go and ask anything you want, and God will give it to you, just as long as you bring a buddy along, right? If you go to God and say, hey, I'd like $5 million to myself and $5 million to my friend, we're in agreement. let's make this happen, God. You know, that's... That's not what this is saying. Obviously, we've been talking about things to pray for. It's not just about asking God, right? We talked about that last week. We should be praying for things that are God's will, things that he wants to see done. Does God want to see his church um, without sinning against each other? Absolutely. That's a great thing to pray for, is that we would have uh, peace amongst our, you know, the, the people who go to our own church, right? But what are some other things that God wants us to pray for? What are some, no, okay, now you can answer. What are some things that God wants us to pray for? Others, each other, okay. What, is, what? Someone children. Children, sure, sure. The church, orphans, okay, so, yeah. His will to be done. Okay, yes, one more. People to come to Christ. Is that what he said? Okay, right. So a lot of these things are not selfish things, right? These are selfless things. So, so God's will is, is, is not your selfish will, right? God's will is, is his own. And, and, and at the top of that, he wants to see his kingdom come, right? And we talked about that last week, what that meant earth as it is in heaven, part of that is seeing people come to Christ. One of the best things that we can pray for is for people that we know who don't know Christ, that they would come to have a relationship with him. That should be near the top of our list of things to pray for, right? Brett talked about last week praying uh, that he would get an Aquaman. Uh, just a little update. He got an Aquaman tonight. So, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> it was funny. Um, I'm not saying that you should pray for an Aquaman, but, but just an update on that. Um, so, so, the first thing is we should, we should agree upon something. The second thing is that we should have the expectation that God will answer our prayer. I know for me... Sometimes I say a prayer and I'm like, man, 
Do I really think God's going to do that? Do, do I really think he's going to answer that? I'm sure some of you had that thought. I'm sure you, sometimes you doubt. We talked about doubt. But Jesus says we should pray with expectation that God will answer those prayers. The third thing is it's all in the name of Jesus. Right? And this, this goes with, with whose will is being done in our prayers. Is it ours or is it God's? Are we doing it in the name of Christ? Or are we doing it for our own gain? For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So, these, these verses, very short, very brief, but very deep. It talks about praying together. It talks about praying with expectation and, and praying in the name of Jesus. I've got a slide up here. I think it's the next one. Um, I took this picture when I was in Poland um, last year. Uh, this, was, this was on a different trip. This was the trip before our group went to Poland. Some of you went to Poland. Um, I don't know if you got to go here. This, uh, this I, th I believe, is Gdynia. Did anyone go to Gdynia when they were in Poland? I don't even know. Yeah? Okay. Uh, there was a church that met on like the third floor of one of these buildings. So the first Sunday that I was there, the first time I went to Poland, we went to the, the worship service at this church. And this room was probably smaller than one of the rooms we have down the hall. And so the congregation is not very big, um, very small, maybe 20 people. And they were all meeting in this room. They were having church. Uh, we sang songs in Polish. Um, they, they sang songs in Polish. Um, I, I tried to figure out which English songs they were. Um, and then we had someone who, who got up there and, and gave a message. And luckily someone translated uh, part for part for, for us English speakers who were there. Um, and then something interesting happened. Something that doesn't really happen in our services here in America. At least, at least not that I've seen. We had a time of prayer. So if, if you've been to one of our, our, our big worship services at the building across the road over there, uh, usually when someone gets up to pray, you know, it's a pastor or a deacon or, or someone else, they get up there and they, they pray. And that's good. They say Amen. Everyone, you know, stands up or sits down or whatever's next in the service. Um, and that's the prayer. But there in Poland, and this threw me for, for a loop, someone started praying up at the pulpit, uh, up at the stage, and then, and they, they were done. And I'm like, you know, eyes open, like, okay, what? And then someone else, like in the, the crowd of 20 people, started praying. And then when they finished, someone else started praying. And this went on for probably 15, 20 minutes. They were, they were praying together. It wasn't just one person praying. And, and that's not a problem. We do that here. That's, that's fine. But this had something deeper to it. We could tell that these people were, were devoted to what the other person was praying for. They were, they were listening. They were, they were praying with them silently. 
hearing the concerns, hearing the praises, uh, the thanks that were going on. And, and when it was all said and done, you could tell that, that this wasn't just, a, just something that someone like, you know, said that was just you know, quoted. Or, it, was, it was from their heart. People, people were actually crying. Um, it was a moving experience. These people were praying together. So, when we look at this passage and, and we think about what it means and, and we come to a conclusion of this series, I have three things, three things that I, I think we should do. And these are, these are challenging things. Um, and they're things that challenge me also. When I made this list, I was thinking, I, I need to do these. Um, so the first one, do we have that? Okay, we need to make time to pray with others. This, this might be really hard for somebody um, that, that has a busy schedule or, uh, you know, doesn't like to, to initiate a conversation about anything spiritual, right? Maybe you're that person that goes, man, it would be really great if I prayed with other people, but that conversation to ask someone would be really awkward. To say, hey, um, Jacob, why don't we, you know, once a week get together and we just, we just spend some time praying together? No. All right, well, that could happen. <laughs> that could happen. Jacob's really salty right now. Um, but... But that could happen. I mean, that, it's tough. I know how that could be tough for some of you. And, and Jacob could say no. Um, but, but we really need to work, us on, work on, on praying together as people. So you've got to spend some time with other people. So figure out someone or a group of people. It doesn't have to be just two of you. It could be three, four, five of you. Meet once a week. And, and you, all you're doing, you're making a commitment consistent. We're going to pray. Like, when we get there, we're going to pray. We're not going to spend 15, 20 minutes talking about this, that, and the other thing, and then five minutes praying, and then we go, oh, there's the time. It's all gone. Take the time. Commit to praying. And, and maybe, maybe it's five minutes at first, and then it grows. We talked about and that all of our students who go on the spring break mission trip pray for an hour by the time they go on the mission trip. But start at five, you know, and work to it. But find some people that you can pray with. And the second thing goes along with that. Share your prayer life. So what I mean by this is when you meet with these people and you pray, you're going to say, hey, these things are on my heart. This is what God is doing in my life. This is how he's moving. This is, this is the burden that I have, right? And and share those things with the other people. So you can actually pray for the same thing. And not just pray for your own thing. You're praying for each other's person's prayer request. Um, this, this, this takes some vulnerability. Are you willing to admit to someone else that, that you have, maybe you have an issue. I don't know. Maybe you have uh, a sin in your life that you need to get rid of. Maybe uh, there's a doubt that you have. Maybe 
You have a friend who you really want to see come to know Christ. And, and you want someone to be praying for that person too. It might be their friend too. I don't know. Um, so share your prayer life with the people that you're going to be praying with. And the last thing is this. We're having a church-wide prayer initiative on April 30th. Sorry, let me go out of the way. April 30th at 7 p.m. Now, that's not going to be here at the church. Okay, we're not praying here at the church. You're praying in your homes or in your, your neighbor's home or your friend's home, um, something like that. Before this day comes, before this day comes, you need to figure out, who am I going to be praying with? Your last option is with yourself. Okay? You need to be praying with someone else. And, and pray for the things of this church. Uh, pray for our, our, shirt, our search committee as, as we find a new pastor. Pray for your communities. Some of you, most of you here are from Georgetown. Some of you are from Round Rock, Liberty Hill, other places like that. California? Is that what I heard? Uh, some of you, you know, you have communities, and, and there are people in your community who don't know Christ. Pray for revival. That's, that's huge. That's a big prayer. By revival, I mean that, that the Spirit of God moves in your community where Dozens, hundreds, thousands of people get saved. We don't pray for that much often, do we? We don't, it's almost like we don't have a high expectation of the power of God. We don't pray for Him to do mighty things. It goes back to maybe we don't expect God to do it. Well, God wants to, to move in a powerful way. I'm going to tell you one, one story before we get done here. Um, we're going to have the band come up here in a second. Uh, there was a guy named, and I've got to look, so I've got to get this name right. His name was Jeremiah Lenfear. I'm going to call him Jeremiah because I don't want to say that name more than once. Um, Jeremiah was, was a, how do I explain this? He, okay, first of all, let's back up a second. The year is 1857. Oh, there's a picture of, of a statue of him. Um, I, I'm assuming he looked like that. Um, the year was 1857, and a uh, little history lesson. Uh, the, the economy at the time in the United States was going through a crash. The stock market crashed. Major depression. Um, you may know about the Great Depression in 1820, I mean, uh, 1929, right? But this one is like another depression that happened in, in 1857. So uh, the economy's in, in shambles, and people are worried about how they're going to, you know, take care of their families, how they're going to feed their families, where they're going to work. Um, and part of that is... Wealthy people are moving outside of New York City. This guy was in New York. And, and with them, churches were moving as well. They, they couldn't afford to be in New York anymore. They're moving out. They're getting out. 
But this church that Jeremiah was at decided they were going to stay. And they were going to stay in, in New York. And he was working at the church as a missionary to, to people who worked in business in New York City. So he gets this idea one day that he's going to start a, uh, a, a weekly prayer time at noon on Wednesday. So on September 23rd, 19, I mean 1857, he, he goes to the church and he invites people and six people show up to pray. Next week, 20 people show up to pray. And, and they're just, they're praying for God to do great things. Six months into this prayer uh, thing they're doing, I don't know what you call it, but th- this, this prayer for businessmen, they're praying daily now, not just weekly, and daily 10,000 businessmen are coming to pray in New York City. New York City only has 80,000 people at the time. It becomes this, this nationwide phenomenon. Not only is it just happening in New York, but every major city in the U.S. is now having these daily times of prayer. A whole nation is going to God in prayer. This was a, a huge revival. At the peak of this revival, it was two years, at the peak of this revival, 50,000 people were coming to know Christ every day here in the United States alone. By 1859, it had been credited that one million people had come to know Christ in the United States because of this revival. Because Jeremiah said, we're going to pray. Now, it wasn't just Jeremiah that was praying. It was, a, it was a whole bunch of people. To put that into perspective, there were only 30 million people in the United States. And a million of them in two years came to know Christ because of this Revival. So when we think about what what we expect from God, when we pray together, when we have a common vision, God can do great things. There's even more people here now. And and I know that we we get short-sighted and we only see what happens in the United States, but guys, revival is happening in different parts of the world. You might not even know it. China blowing up. Tons of people coming to know Christ. South Korea um, was at the end of the the 20th century was 40% Christian. And at the beginning of the 20th century, there was 2%. So God can do great things. And we have to expect that. And we have to to pray for that. So, um, I hope that you pray on April 30th. And I hope that you find uh, a group of people that you you can pray with. I hope that that it's real to you. And I hope that you have great expectations for Christ. I'm going to pray. God, you you can do anything. 
and we can ask. Why don't we? God, you are just great. And I want to know you better through prayer. I want to find some guys who, who want to pray with me, who want to see revival in Georgetown and in Round Rock, Liberty Hill, Austin. I want to see that. I want to be a part of that. God, only you can do that. And we ask only in your name.